Reparations in Action podcast and FM radio show broadcast live every Tuesday, 12 p.m. on Black Power 96.3 FM WBPU in St. Petersburg, Florida, and now available as a podcast as well on uhurusolidarity.podbean.com, also available on Spotify, soon to be available on iTunes, and streaming live on Facebook. Welcome to all of our listeners. My name is Jamie Simpson, your host, co-host, I should say, and Reparations in Action is the weekly program of the Uhuru Solidarity Movement, the organization of white people working under the leadership of the African People's Socialist Party, organizing in the white community to build the movement for reparations to African people. So it is an honor to be here today on this fourth day of February uh, 2020. And uh, let's start off with a roll call of the amazing comrades that we have in here today to discuss the topics of the recent plenary of the African People's Socialist Party coming, the first plenary of the 7th Congress of the African People's Socialist Party, the Iowa caucus disaster, and prisons. So let's start off with a roll call. Uhuru and welcome. Uhuru, my name is Hallie Murray. I'm really excited to be here. I'm from, I came down here from Boston, Massachusetts. I'm the branch chair of the Uhuru Solidarity Movement Boston branch, as well as the North Regional Coordinator of USM, and the chair of Uhuru Planet Reparations Apparel, which has really awesome anti-colonial shirts about black power and reparations. And I came down here for this historic plenary of the African People's Socialist Party, which we're going to, I'm really excited that we'll be summing up and talking about today, and I'm really glad to be on our show. Also that we have our weekly radio show is back on the air. I'm really pumped for this, so Uhuru. 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 So thrilled to have you here, Comrade Hallie. Uh, Uhuru. Uhuru. Welcome. And we also have in the room um, someone, a, a comrade from, uh, who's recently uh, returned to us, Uhuru, Comrade Renee. Uhuru, Jamie. Uhuru, it's Renee. My name's Renee, and I um, am the APSC regional representative uh, for the Northern Region, and I'm also the chair of the um, of U.S. Uh, Uhuru Solidarity Movement in Philadelphia. And I also came down for the party's plenary, which was amazing, and uh, also really glad to be on the show. And Renee was also once a co-host of Reparations in Action. Yes. Yes. <laughs> It's great to have you back. Yes, and, indeed. And we have, as returning as a co-host, Chairwoman Penny Hess. Woohoo! It's so exciting to be here. This Black Power 96.3 beautiful studio mm-hmm. to be back here in St. Pete. And um, I'm, I'm just excited for the show today. So I want to salute the African People's Socialist Party and the incredible plenary that we'll be summing up. I know. That held this weekend. Uhuru, it's so good to have you back in St. Petersburg, Chairwoman Penny so says. To be here, it's like old times, right? Yes, it is. And and I would be remiss without acknowledging my other co-host and chair of the Uhuru Solidarity Movement. Uhuru. Uhuru, this is Jesse Neville, and just want to say it's great to be here with Chairwoman Penny and Hallie and Renee and you, James, and also our great engineer, Amanda Carlosi. Uhuru. And I'm very excited to get into our podcast slash radio show slash uh, Facebook live stream today. Yes, we have so much to discuss. And I just want to echo and unite with Chairwoman Penny's salute to the leadership of the African People's Social Party, uh, Chairman Omalia Shatella, who did such an an incredible job of leading the the plenary over the weekend. Uh, Salute Mm -hmm. the African People's Socialist Party and its Central Committee, our leadership. Salute the 
Black Power 96.3, WBPU in St. Petersburg, uh, LPFM. Uh, thank the studio for allowing us to have this hour every um, Tuesday at noon. And salute the African People's Education and Defense Fund, which defends the human and civil rights of the African community, addressing grave disparities in economic development, health, and health care faced by the African community. And coming out of this recent plenary, we are going to sum up and uh, address the significance of this historic moment, uh, address the various crises of imperialism, and we want to be clear, as always, that the purpose of this show is to directly address the white people out there who are listening to Black Power 96.3 FM. We know you're out there. We want to address everyone on Facebook, especially white people or European people listening and watching, or if you're listening on podcasts, we want you to know that this is an organization the Uhuru Solidarity Movement and the African People's Solidarity Committee is the cadre organization. And both of these organizations work directly under the leadership of the African People's Socialist Party to win other white people to a stance of solidarity with African self-determination. And we do that through material solidarity. That means that revolutionary demand for reparations to African people worldwide. So let's get right into summing up this incredible plenary of the African People's Socialist Party with a roundtable discussion with Hallie Renee, Chairwoman Penny Hess, and Chair Jesse Neville. So Vanguard up. This Vanguard was up. Vanguard up. Uhuru. Who wants to discuss the incredible significance of just that phrase? Vanguard up. Uhuru. Uhuru. Go ahead. Go ahead and sum up. Okay. All right. <laughs> you can open it up. All right. I'll open it up. Um, it was an amazing honor to be there. I know everybody here feels that way. It was, it was really, really incredible. Three-day conference that I know, you know, the, the level of discussion that happened there and reports on the work of the African People's Socialist Party uh, could have easily taken up four, five, or a whole week, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was all jammed into three incredible days. It was a great honor to be there from the Uhuru Solidarity Movement and the African People's Solidarity Committee. The chairman uh, gave his profound political report to the first plenary of the 7th Congress in which he you know, summed up the whole world situation from the revolutionary African internationalist standpoint and also put forward really concrete, practical plans and mandates for how the African People's Socialist Party, including the Solidarity Movement under its leadership, will be built this year through implementing the regional strategy and through building solidarity with you know, political and economic hubs of, of African working class dual power that are being created throughout the country and throughout the world. So there was a lot other, of other presentations. Secretary General Louise, um, who spoke extensively on the work to build the African Socialist International, um, Members of the African People's Solidarity Committee, including uh, Kitty Riley and uh, Janice Kant and um, Maureen Wagner and others, you know, participated in the uh, presentation of the Office of Deputy Chair Onizaneya Shatella, which was mind-blowing, just showing the whole scope of the party's work to construct the independent anti-colonial African economy. And then, of course, there was a really powerful presentation given by Chairwoman Penny Hess um, on the work to build the solidarity movement and extend the African revolution into the pedestal and extend the vanguard of the African revolution onto the pedestal of white society built on slavery and colonialism. So, Uhuru. 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 Yeah, I just, I just really want to um, say what an incredible honor it was to be able to participate in something that is absolutely transforming the entire world as we speak to witness history and to 
to be able to be part of it under the leadership of the African Revolution and that that the African people's social... You ask about the question, what is Vanguard <coughs> up? And, mm-hmm. you know, the, the reality is that the African People's Socialist Party is represents the interests of the African working class all around the world and the interest to to govern, to liberate the entire continent of Africa and to um, to unite all African people every place in the world wherever they have been forcibly dispersed by parasitic capitalism that was born of the assault on Africa and what we call the enslavement of African people, turning African people into commodities that forced Africans to Brazil, the Caribbean, all over the United States, and, and of course on the continent of Africa, and then um, now forced to pursue their stolen resources into Europe and to other places. So, um, so this is a worldwide question, mm-hmm. and that it's, you know, the chairman, O'Malley Chatella, has worked for over 50 years to solve the problems of the African Revolution that were left unsolved through this counterinsurgency against the African community. And it's known as, against the African Revolution of the 1960s specifically, and that this is known as COINTELPRO, but it was much more than that. But it was an FBI, Mm -hmm. U.S. government program to crush the revolution, and we saw the assassinations of the leaders, um, such as Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, Bobby Hutton, Fred Hampton, and so many others, and the um, imprisonment of African leaders, such, such as Sundiata Coley, and others who are in prison today, mm-hmm. the longest-running political prisoners, mm-hmm. really, in the world today are inside the United States. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so the chairman has over all these years, summed up all the problems and how to take it on. And there's so much more to say about that, and we can really have a whole discussion, and I'm looking forward to bringing Chairman O'Malley Chatella on very soon. But this plenary was the first plenary after the party's seventh Congress, which was in October of 2018. So it's been about a year and four months. And... You know, that's where the party made, in a certain way, a public declaration of being the vanguard. And that's what that means is that it is a party that is willing and always has, in theory and practice, to put itself on the front line as the advanced detachment of the African working class. Mm -hmm. And the African working class is obviously under assault, is the most attacked, most slandered, most, you know, every single thing in the United States and in colonialism around the world is geared to continually um, crush the African working class with the imposition of drugs, which the U.S. government does. That's a matter of historical record. With the building of prisons, mass incarceration, um, early death, poverty, police violence, all of this is, is this colonial situation inside the borders of the United States. And as the chairman has said, everywhere African people are, anywhere in the world, they are impoverished mm-hmm. and living under these conditions. So this is very, very significant. The chairman has kept alive 
the revolutionary struggle of the world mm -hmm. with the science, not to say that others haven't fought for revolution, but what will it take mm. to finally destroy U.S. imperialism and to truly bring in socialism? Right. And that means the pedestal of the African working class upon which you know, this whole system, parasitic system rests, including us as white people, has to be destroyed through the leadership of the African Revolution mm -hmm. and the liberation of Africa. And there's no way that U.S. imperialism can continue to exist without, um, without Africa, for one thing. And mm -hmm. it's also placed inside the boards of the United States. So the plenary is sort of the um, check-in conference that happens every year. The, the Congresses are every five years. So, you know, there's, there are these every year. And just the growth and influence of the African People's Socialist Party, the chairman's political report, the mandates, the, um, the report by the Office of Deputy Chair, which is oversees over 50 institutions of the party, including this radio station, mm -hmm. Atropop, and many other things, um, the furniture stores, the Hoover Furniture, just to see their report. Their report yeah. took about three hours, you know, just because there were so many facets to it. And, um, you know, just to, I mean, it, it's really powerful mm -hmm. to see this. And when the party is talking about deepening their regional strategy, which they already have, they have Inside the United States, they have regions of the party. Um, and then in Africa, what their plans are there, and to see how the, how the party comrades on the continent of Africa, led by the party chair, um, Tafari McGarry, mm -hmm. in um, Johannesburg, out, or in Halteng province, in the townships um, outside of Johannesburg, and his, you know, and, and he is building in every province in occupied Azania or South Africa to see um, Secretary General Louise Kinshasa speak and give this incredible analysis of what colonialism and AFRICOM are doing mm. inside of Africa yeah. and what the struggle is because Louise was born in Congo is still intimately involved in all the struggles that go on in the Congo and struggles of Africans from the Congo who are in um, UK, which is where he is based, just the in, uh, things that you, you never hear. You yeah. Never hear. yeah. Um, and, you know, to see all the different regions report to this Congress, to see that all of, um, you know, the, the mass organizations, the African National Women's Organization, APDEP, um, and Zenzele Consignment in Huntsville, and um, the International People's Democratic Uhuru Movement. Wow. And, and then just to say that for APSC, APSC is under the leadership of the African People's Socialist Party. We also reported on our work that we have to build the regions. We have to carry out our tasks, which include going to the money sector, which we're going to talk to it about in a minute. So mm -hmm. it, was, it was profound. It was being in um, a moment as... History is unfolding and being taken on right before our very eyes. It was very much of an honor to have been there. Thank you for that. I, I, I really unite with, with everything you just put out. You know, I was struck at one point on the first day, Chairman Amalia Chatella was talking about the number of U.S. troops 
who have been uh, killed in Africa and the struggle for resources yeah. that's going on, uh, led in large part by the AFRICOM uh, military base complex, which many people may not even be aware exists on the on the continent of Africa, that there is a hot war going on right now yeah. for the resources of Africa, and this is the the central question. And many, and many places in Africa, and that's mm -hmm. what he's saying. Mm -hmm. You know, in Mali and Kenya, um, and in in many places. You know, and what's happening in Congo? That you know, as Secretary General Oweizi raised. Nobody raises that at least 10 million Africans from Congo have been slaughtered and just, and right. it's so much deeper than that. Just, you know, little children raped and all of this is trained and backed by you, the U.S. government. And, and, is, and, and is I see the, the Democratic Party. Now. Right, I was going to say, and, is this the same, de same genocide part that uh, happened under Clinton, if I'm not, that, that yeah. it began in, in Rwanda? Paul mm -hmm. is now put forward as, right. you know, Pan-Africanist and... Yeah, kind of and and uh, Secretary General Luizzi also pointed out that um, while these conditions and the genocide that African people face and you know rape as an imperialist weapon against children, as you mentioned, and African men and women in Congo is never talked about here, um, that you know the end result of that genocide is is literally with each and every one of us yeah. in the form of these iPhones. And he talked about how without the coltan that's extracted from Congo and other parts of Africa, Silicon Valley would collapse. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't be able, it wouldn't exist without those stolen resources. So right. it just further builds the case for reparations to African people. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it was that, that whole section was, was really profound yeah. from Secretary General Louise. It Luizzi. was very profound. And I, I hope that we can have studies on yeah. this. We plan to do that, studies on the political report yes, yes. of the chairman and listen to different presentations uh, that were given. It, it's such a beautiful example of, uh, is democratic centralism the, the, the right, or the, the, the inter-party democracy mm -hmm. yeah. and the accountability uh, to the people, to, to, to the world, to the revolutionary movement that the party mm -hmm. offers up by having these plenaries and congresses is, is it's, it's just humbling. It's, yeah. It really is a life-transforming, yes, yeah, just to add to this, so, um, you know, it's so important for me as a member of USM, as a white person up in Boston, you know, to come hear the, hearing the direct leadership from the African People's Socialist Party, like front and center, right in front of you, mm -hmm. hearing the, reading the, I mean, we sat down and we read the political report the chairman published, you know, not too long ago in the last few weeks, as well as each department of the Uhuru movement gave a full report on you know, not not just on what they've done in, since the Congress, but really, like, what is going to happen? Like, step by step, what are the next things going on? And, you know, as a... I'm a regional organizer of Uhuru Solidarity, and the main thing coming out of this plenary is the regional strategy. So for me, it's very... You know, he's giving this report, and it's directly telling me what I need to do, what I need to lay out. So that's that's what I love about this movement. It's the theory and the practice, and... You know, everyone left the plenary with bullet points, like, I got to do this and this by this date. And even this morning, I was already calling, uh, you know, so the solidarity movement, our main part of the regional strategy is to get solidarity centers, like a physical space in the white community where we can organize, we can have events, we can make it easy for white people to just walk in off the street and be like, hey, what is this? Reparations. Cool. Let's talk about it. And just get people plugged in right away, mm -hmm. as well as having storefronts for the Buy Black Power campaign, which is a whole network that the movement leads where um, black businesses can be part of it and sell their goods through this campaign. And, uh, you know, as 
um, being part of Uhuru Planet Reparations Apparel, it's really exciting for me to think of having our really awesome t-shirts that everyone loves, you know, in storefronts around the country. And I just want to share one of my favorite quotes by Malcolm X, which I heard, of course, from Chairman Amalia Shatella. He says that revolution is based on land. Yeah. Like, if you don't have a place, if we didn't have a room to have this radio station, we wouldn't, there wouldn't be a radio station. So just the importance of, even if it's like a couple square feet for your office, that that is the goal we have to do. And, you know, and, I, and just knowing that they've happened in the past, you know, I saw photos last night of a solidarity center here in St. Pete that I didn't even, I never saw a picture of it. And it was so inspiring. It's like, that is our future. So that's something I really took out of it is the regional strategy and opening up storefronts and solidarity centers and event spaces that we can really, you know, because the party's goal is to control their own resources, control their own land and not have to be paying rent to other people or having other, you know, white power be controlling the strings of everything in their lives. So this is getting solidarity centers is like a step in that direction for us. Um, yeah, yeah I, I would just I would just say, though, that, of course, the African People's Socialist Party is 100 percent uh, clear that this land is the indigenous people's right. land. Mm -hmm. Oh, of course. And that yes. the controlling territory is a kind of step towards, you yeah. know, destroying imperialist economy yeah. as right. Africans build the liberated anti-colonial socialist economy. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, with the African workers controlling that. And, you know, I just want to be clear on that because yeah. the party is taking... To, it is working for dual and contending power mm -hmm. on territory, but recognizing that this is an overall anti-colonial struggle, anti-imperialist struggle that this land belongs to. And Africa yes. is mm -hmm. African people's land. The land of Africa. This Africans. land is yeah. indigenous people's yes. land. Even yes. though, as the chairman said, mm -hmm. African people in, in the United States are part of the struggle of the Americas right. Right. as well. Right. And that's... Yep bringing, you know, that's the vanguard. Yeah. That's the vanguard. Right, and, and, and the recognition this this land belongs to indigenous people. Absolutely. And, and no one else. Um, so, you know, I, I really appreciated you know, your, your contribution, Comrade Halley, and, and your presence here today. It reminds me of uh, a certain podcast that I happened to listen to briefly um, that was putting forward all these brave young organizers out there in Iowa, you know, braving the cold, digging in, talking to people, seeing who the next great world leader is going to be of the free world, as they call the office of the president of the United States. So let's let's move on now. and talk, Because I, I, my, my point here is that uh, while there may be some people doing some great work in their own eyes uh, for their candidates, I have such deep respect for cadre comrades like yourself, Hallie, who are doing the real organizing on the ground, going where the party needs you to do to make to be to make reparations happen. So let's let's sum up this whole question of the Iowa caucuses through the lens <laughs> of African internationalism, the truth about bourgeois democracy. Um, Jesse, yes. can you help us okay. sum up what's going yes. on? Yes, I'm just going to set up this set up this discussion here. Um, so this is the segment on our program called Behind the Headlines, and what we want to do with um, with Behind the Headlines is you know, when you pick up the newspaper or you look at CNN or Fox News or whatever is your preferred bourgeois uh, news network and you're, you see this barrage of headlines and pundits and talking heads spouting garbage and all of it just seems so irrelevant and so um, obviously biased from the perspective of the white ruling class that you might just tune out or, you know, try to watch something else. We want to help you kind of dig behind what is being talked about in the bourgeois media and 
discuss it from the point of view of African internationalism, the revolutionary philosophy and worldview of the African People's Socialist Party and Chairman Amalia Shetela. So, um, so the Iowa caucus, uh, just to give a brief primer here, is part of the process of, uh, specifically in this case, the process through which the next nominee for the Democratic Party's presidential candidate is going to be chosen. Um, there is also the Republican caucus and primary, but it's pretty much taken for granted that it's going to be uh, Trump. Mm -hmm. So Iowa caucus is the first one in, in the series of caucuses and primaries that result in delegates being sent to the Democratic National Convention to vote on who will be the next uh, presidential candidate in the Democratic race. The Iowa caucus is often spoken of as being one of the most important, not because of that, it, not because it produces an especially large number of delegates, but because it's the first one. So they they like to say that it sets the tone for the rest of them. The Iowa caucus happened yesterday, and it was predicted that by now we would know. Uh, who the winner of the Iowa caucus was, um, and a lot of people were, th were suspecting, based on polls and audience sizes at rallies and things like that, that it was going to be Bernard Sanders. Um, but we don't know yet, because the news, the headlines this morning were not announcing the winner. They were announcing the catastrophe that had <laughs> taken place with the Iowa caucus, uh, which largely revolved around the use or misuse of an, an app called the Shadow App, which all of the precinct captains were instructed to download. Most of them couldn't figure out how to download it, so, or it didn't work when they did download it, so they ended up not using it and instead opted for calling the state Democratic Party to report the results of their caucus. But nobody was staffing the phone lines, so the phone, people were on hold for hours and leaving messages and freaking out. And, you know, just a quick thing about the way these caucuses work is the it's very like you go to a high school gym mm -hmm. if you're involved in voting and you they have like a little booth over here okay bernie people go to this corner and biden people go to this corner and they've literally had instances where people have switched candidates based on how many cookies were on the cookie platter in Biden's corner. So people will leave Bernie behind and go get cookies or see someone they're attracted to and go vote for somebody else anyway. And um, But anyway, without going too much into that. So they, so this whole thing happened. It, this, it was just this big house of cards came crashing down, and they're claiming that inconsistencies – problems with the app, nobody answering the phones, and blah, 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 blah. So quick, interesting little detail that I saw reported um, is that because, you know, Chairman Amalia Chatella talks about how the whole electoral process is a nonviolent contest between contending sectors of the white ruling class. Yes. But he doesn't just mean Republicans and Democrats. Mm -hmm. He also means within the Republican Party and within the Democratic Party, you see those nonviolent contests between contending sectors of the white ruling class. And you're really seeing that happen in the Democratic Party, which is practically imploding yeah. from the inner bourgeois struggles that are happening where, you know, Hillary Clinton came out of hiding to say that no one likes likes Bernie Sanders mm -hmm. and you know there's all these attacks between Warren Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders and blah 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 blah. So apparently the the app which is called Shadow App which is tied to a tech company called Acronym. That's the that's the acronym. Um, is too much. I know. <laughs> at a certain point it gets beyond absurd. They're Get both on. run by former Clinton campaign senior staffers. What? What? Hello. <laughs> so obviously, you know, something oh, something fishy is afoot. Um, but anyway, I mean, there's other stuff we could say about that, but I'll, I'll open it up there. I think 
I think there's a lot we could say. This is this is the nonviolent contest. This is the crisis of imperialism yeah. that the chairman talks about. And I just want to, you know, throw it open. Yeah, I mean, I think that it is, I totally unite that it is the crisis of imperialism and that as, again, to reiterate that, yes, the elections are the nonviolent contest between two sectors of the ruling class. So the Democrats Mm -hmm. are now the war party. The (coughs) Democrats have not come out against Trump for what you know, anything that he's been involved in in terms of war, sanctions on Iran, mm-hmm. you know, anything like that is, no. well, did we agree on it? You know, it it's, and the, and the fact that, um, you know, that they're, they, they are imploding because of all the contradictions. I mean, um, we've seen, and I thought that the impeachment, of course, the impeachment yeah. is just ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> and all of these hearings that I thought the um, Republican Party did a pretty good job of exposing mm-hmm. Biden and yep. what a slimy yeah. dog and his son mm-hmm. are, you know, that just how deep that is. But, of course, they did not expose that Biden also wrote the crime bill yep. um, that put 100,000 new police on to kill the Mike Browns and, yeah. you know, all, the, all of the di- Eric Garner and all the different Africans that are killed every single day. And the mass imprisonment of African people colonized in the United States, they don't mention that. No, of course they don't. not. But, you know, we see the uh, little, this, you know, Hillary about, well, nobody likes Bernie. You know, <laughs> yeah. just these crazy things, the spat between Bernie and Elizabeth Warren right. that was right on the air. Yep. And they, I mean, you know, there's no, there's not even a, a facade of unity yeah. in right. that party. And yeah. it's, you know, and, and Trump's, Oh, probably gonna win. Yeah, yeah. Again, is. I mean, mm-hmm. it's highly likely that yeah, it is that he'll come in with even a bigger mandate than ever before, mm-hmm. and it's very interesting because this is a crisis. They do not want that disunity inside of of the Democratic Party. They've never exposed it to that level. It's right. Yeah. You might have read about, but you right. didn't. You never saw it come out in these subjective and. And you know these ways that they are. Yeah, these are the kinds of uh, spats that we expect to happen behind closed doors and mm-hmm. cigar smoke room, uh, <laughs> cigar smoke filled rooms, right? right? right. Backdoor dealings and squabbles, and then they come out with a compromise. But now they're having the full fist fight in public on, on, right, prime, on, time. on prime time TV. <laughs> yeah. And you get to hear these ideological contortionists is what they're becoming. People like Adam Schiff who can yeah. g- go out and announce the opening right, so the seizure of African people's homes oh, to make this monstrosity of surveillance that is the National Geospatial yeah. Intelligence Agency and then run back in to St. the ca- in St. Yeah, Louis right side. across the street from the Uhuru House. Well, near, right? they're very near it. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and, and and then come back and talk about the danger of an imperial presidency yeah. and how we need to keep America as, as the city on the hill, the shining beacon of democracy mm-hmm. for the rest of the world. And what right. will happen if America's image is tarnished overseas? Oh, no. How would that happen? And it, you know, it occurs to me, as, as you're saying, Chairman Penny, that it really was more exposing of the Democrats. I mean, we all kind of know what Trump is. Trump has never made any illusions about being anything else than being just your your average white nationalist, white reactionary, right? Mm-hmm. Here he is in all of his warts right. and everything. There he is. He is what yeah. he is. His orange hair. Right, his orange hair, his, his back orange flesh. You know, 
Right, right. But 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 then to have the Democrats try to play it both ways and mm. say we're the party of the progressives, we're the party of change and democracy and peace. Yep. Well, what what are they accusing of Trump? They're, they're accusing Trump of not giving missiles and weapons and deadly assistance mm. quickly enough to a client state so that mm. they can assault our quote unquote adversaries. Mm. They want to convince us that the enemy here is Russia, that it was Russia that influenced our elections and. Here we are, and it doesn't seem like Russia had anything to do with this shadow app, does it? Doesn't no. I, I, I'm not getting any no, it <laughs> any Putin feelings about no. about this. This seems very much like an inside job, and it, it, to me, I, I I don't know if this is correct, but I'm getting hanging Chad flashbacks from 2000. Yeah, okay. This yes, a hanging Chad is how they tried to explain away the theft of the black vote that happened here in Florida in 2000, and and the fact that people are still surprised at this really boggles my mind. That we had the whole country sit around and watch a presidential election in 2000 go down where month after month after month we had no idea is gore ahead or is it bush is it gore is it bush and i think they announced what and gore was com totally complicit he capitulated totally he put up yeah, no he, fight he presided over the handing the election over to bush yeah the, the only the only people that fought against it if i'm not mistaken were african senators and there were yeah. there were almost none of them well this the in this the shadow app thing I'm not. I mean, I'm not sure how how many how much of a percentage of the voters in Iowa were African or anything uh, like that. Very, very few. I, I mean, imagine as, pretty as a low. Resident of Iowa, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty white out there. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that I think that is an important point because the just the whole idea of the understanding of bourgeois democracy mm -hmm. and how you know it's like the chairman says, bourgeois democracy is basically a shell for the dictatorship of the white ruling class, mm -hmm. and the the African vote has never meant anything in American or bourgeois democracy. Mm -hmm. Like there's the quote from the chairman that he says, you know, that this is the greatest democracy in the world is unless you include uh, African churches in Birmingham, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I just think it's, it's good that it's all being exposed and it's a good thing. It the is. crisis of imperialism is good as long as we take advantage of it mm -hmm. and win white people, you know, not to hedge their bets on whether Bernie or Biden or one of these other people is going to get elected, but to join under the leadership of the African working class in fighting for a whole different kind of world. And, and have faith in that. You know, there, there's yeah. some, I, I really get offended when I hear people talking about the cynicism of the American people and they're concerned that, you know, we're not, we're not believing our government anymore. And it's like, how many lies do we have to swallow before we wake up to this mm -hmm. and, and realize that this is not the way out of, of a burning ship? You know, we're, we're, we're in a burning house right now and we have the opportunity to get onto a life draft in the form of reparations. Yep. And um, th this is what I was saying about, about you, Comrade Halley, uh, to, to, to think about, uh, you know, and, and yourself, Comrade Renee, and everybody here, the, the commitment that you've made to African revolution, to dig in on the ground for reparations, mm -hmm. to the genuine answer, as opposed to just this kind of, as the chairman was explaining during the plenary, this pop philosophy mm -hmm. that dictates our day so that we're constantly running whatever is the latest, uh, you know, thing to get our emotions riled up on television that's what we chase after and develop an entire theory about and it's that's never going to lead us to reality it's never going to lead us to solutions before we jump to a music break just a quick uh historical trivia did you know that the company that owned the titanic as you mentioned sinking ships mm -hmm. was called the white star steamship line <laughs> wow no so there you have it <laughs> there you have it so solidarity with black it's star so industries yeah exactly it's so and, and hit the ice <laughs> right. and went down. 
Exactly. And, right. Can, can you quickly remind our listeners what the Black Star Steamship was? The, the Black Star Steamship line uh, never hit any icebergs, as far as I know, <laughs> and that was Garvey, the Marcus Garvey movement of 11 million African people that purchased a, a steamship, and and the chairman said at the plenary that the, he, the party wants to get a ship. The African Revolution will have a will have a ship again, so you know we need to get on the winning team and not not go down with the White Star steamship line. Which, like imperialism, says it's unsinkable. Right, right. Even as being besieged <laughs> by right. you know icebergs everywhere. Exactly. Oh, the hubris. Of the people. Yep. <laughs> All right. With that, we're going to take a quick music break, and we'll be right back with reparations in action. to Reparations in Action. My name is Jamie Simpson, your co-host. And I should say that I say the word Uhuru, which is Swahili for freedom, Swahili being an African dialect. And yes, I am a white man, as was recently pointed out on our Facebook live stream. So I want to turn now to Comrade Halley, who has a uh, question that we've received here on Reparations in Action from our Facebook audience. Yes, thanks to everyone tuning in online. This is from Gabby Moonchild Davis says, First time watcher, why aren't there any black folks on this radio show? It's really jarring to see a bunch of Africa silhouettes on the wall around the, a table of white folks. Very understandable. Okay. Thank you for your question. Very reasonable question. Yeah. yeah. Very we're, good question. We're glad you're suspicious. that you <laughs> Chair, Chairman Penny, do you want to lead? The... Well, I think, yeah, I really appreciate the, the question and the engagement on Facebook. It's very exciting. And, you know, we, we want to make it clear 
and we need to reiterate it more when we're on the air because there are many people who could, you know, first are probably watchers. watching for the first time. That we are the Uhuru Solidarity Movement, which is the white organization of the African People's Socialist Party that owns the Uhuru House, that that coordinates and um, this radio station. This the African radio People's Socialist Party does. The African mm-hmm. People, well, the African People's Education yeah. and Defense Fund does. Right. And we are under the leadership of the African People's Socialist Party. With our job is to go into the white community to win reparations from the white community with the programs and the projects of the African People's Socialist Party. And that, mm-hmm. that is what we do. And we've been in existence since 1976. The African People's Solidarity Committee has. Uh-huh. It's a cadre organization of white people that carries out the party's strategy to extend the African Revolution onto the pedestal of the you know inside behind enemy lines basically, and that that's our work. Understanding, as Chairman O'Malley Chatella has put out, that this whole country and capitalism itself are born on the assault on Africa, the enslavement of African people, turning African people into commodities, and the um, theft of this land, of the indigenous people, and colonialism around the world, and that all white people sit on this pedestal, and that everything we have, social wealth, um, opportunity, even the, the experience of the democratic rights supposedly promised by the U.S. are experienced by white people, whereas African people inside the borders of the United States and every place they are, are an, part of an African nation, Africa is their land, and that um, they experience colonialism mm-hmm. right here. So this is about this Uhuru house, Aquaba Hall, and this studio that we're in, Black Power 96.3 FM, is part of the expression of dual and contending power of the African working class. We have a show here every week called Reparations in Action on this radio station, and we talk to other white people about why it's in our interest to pay reparations, to be under the leadership of the African Revolution, that is the only future that this planet is going to have. And mm-hmm. that that is the only way that we can rectify our stand, our crimes, our complicity, and our, um, you know, everything that we have participated in in terms of the stolen wealth from African people. That's the only way we can rectify that um, and be part of humanity. You know, and, and we're, it's a very exciting movement. So we're very honored to be here today. And thank you very much for those questions. Uhuru. Yes, it's, it's very, very important, as Chairwoman Penny just said, to, to remind our audience we, we are under the leadership of the African People's Socialist Party as the Uhuru Solidarity Movement and African People's Solidarity Committee. And that our main task is to speak to as many other white people as possible who will hear the call to unite in solidarity with the black community, unite with the very just call for reparations. And um, that leads us also to the, the question from Virginia Wilson. Oh, yes. And we got another question just now. But I'll read. Um, well, this one's more kind of on this topic. You can read it. Um, okay, this is from um, Nasir al Amin. The question is, can you provide a number of material reasons why white people should join the solidarity movement beyond a moral ethical argument? That's a great question. That is a great question, Nasir. That is a great question. Jesse, do you want to 
address that? Um, yeah, I, I really appreciate that question. And, um, you know, I just want to unite with what Chairwoman Penny put out in terms of the basis for white people uh, standing in solidarity with African liberation and appreciate the previous question as well. In a lot of ways, the whole show is is meant to answer that question. Mm -hmm. Why would white people yeah. be on Black Power 96 talking about reparations mm -hmm. and action? I mean, that that's really what this show is designed to explain. So, um, so we are going to keep doing a better and better job putting that out. But as far as the why white people should join the solidarity movement and fight for reparations beyond the moral question, I think that's a great question because the moral, the moral responsibility to do it, I think, is legitimate on the one hand. Obviously, white people have a moral responsibility to mm -hmm. rectify the horrors that we have committed or that we have stood by, complicit, and benefited from that white power, that capitalism and, and imperialism have, have wrought against the peoples of the world, including African people in this country and the lynchings and the enslavement and the ongoing police murder and mass incarceration and everything that happens every single day to Africans, to indigenous people, that provides the basis for the social wealth and opportunity of the white population. That yes, it is morally the right thing to do, but beyond that, it is also in our interests. It is also scientifically, materially in our long-term interests as human beings to get off the sinking ship, as we just talked about, and to join with the new world that the African Revolution is fighting to build. And you can see right now that as capitalism, which is a parasitic system, which is white power, as Chairman Amali Chattel has explained, is being brought down and is experiencing crisis as a result of the resistance and struggles of Africans and colonized peoples of the world, that white people are experiencing a crisis too. That white people who are continuing to identify our, our interests, our material interests as human beings with this social system who can't see beyond this social system are going into a severe crisis, are either committing suicide um, quickly through actually committing suicide or committing slow motion suicide in the form of drugs and alcohol and dying from what they've referred to as diseases of despair, um, not to mention just so many other ways that, that you know, mindless escape into, you know, and, you know, meaningless uh, entertainment and things that white people do to try to just get away from the bleak reality of life on the pedestal of, of the oppression of the vast majority of the peoples of the world, which is being brought down. There's no future in imperialism. Mm -hmm. And Chairman Amali Shatella explains that there's a material basis for white people's opportunism. Mm -hmm. And opportunism, as he explains, is a political term that means selling out the long-term interests of humanity for your short-term for the short-term interests of a select group or a select individual and that it basically describes white behavior for the last 600 years mm -hmm. that we have sold out the interests of humanity for our own narrow experience on the pedestal of their suffering and torture and exploitation but that is a short-term experience that we are able to have on that pedestal because that pedestal is going to be brought down mm -hmm. and we can sever our allegiance to that social system and join the new one. We can, ex we can be part of the new world, the new socialist humanity that the African revolution is fighting to usher into existence through fighting for reparations to African people. Every negative thing that we might experience, even as white people on the pedestal of parasitic capitalism, whether it's, um, 
oppression and discrimination based on, on gender, the oppression of women, uh, LGBTQ people, the exploitation of workers, um, the abuse and mistreatment of disabled people and elderly people, all anything that happens, that's, as the chairman says, white power is doing that. That's white power. Black power, does the, in the, the oppression of even of white people does not occur in the context of black power. It occurs in the context of white power. So in every way, I mean, I like how you said, can you, can you give a number of reasons? Yeah. Because there's an endless number of ways right. that it's in our, mm -hmm. yes, in our moral interests, but even deep, more deeply than that, in our actual material interests as human beings mm -hmm. to join the African revolution. Mm -hmm. And even if we think about it, not, not in moral terms, but just in, in pragmatic terms, mm -hmm. if, if we're, how are you going to have children? How are you going to see a future in this world if your plan is to continue to be a parasite, to continue to be uh, a citizen of an oppressor nation? That is not, as we understand the world, as we understand the world through African internationalism, through uh, dialectical materialism, historical dialectical materialism, the world is constantly in change. There is nothing in this world that isn't going through a process of either being struggling to be born or dying but not yet dead, right? These, these, are, the, these are the material forces of the world. So if, if anything is temporary, it's imperialism. As much as it wants to convince you, white power, parasitic capitalism, this is here to stay. This is forever, right? This, this idea of permanence is everywhere in our culture. It's a lie. It is crumbling, and this is why we see so many people in absolute crisis, because as, as Jesse said, as Chairman Penny said, they can't see a future outside of this system. And if you can't see a, a future outside of a system that's dying, if you identify with a dying force, then you yourself are going to be all about death, mm -hmm. all about despair. And that is just not a way to approach life that is conducive to life that is conducive to the production, reproduction, and sustaining of real human life, which is what every material culture is about. So I, I unite with all those yeah. reasons. And, and one other thing to add, I mean, despite Greta, what's her last name? Thunberg. Uh, despite her pleas for the white ruling class to stop being so mean and stop destroying the planet, um, they're not going to stop unless they are stopped. Right. You know, so right. the planet Earth will be destroyed if there's not the, the revolution and the revolution will succeed and will even heal the planet earth that's being, you know, that's being annihilated um, every single day by, mm -hmm. by us imperialism as part of the attack on human beings, on African human beings, indigenous human beings. So literally the future of the survival of the planet earth and all life within it relies upon the victory of the African liberation movement. So this um, Nasir. Oh, we got more questions. Okay. It, yeah, he's re he's responding. So thanks for um, listening out there. He says, "Can you expound more on how white people are not considered a part of the quote unquote working class? What mm -hmm. category are poor and non wealthy white people classified as within the framework of African internationalism?" Well, that is that's a really really great question, and I hope that you'll have the opportunity one to listen to Chairman O'Malley Shatella, who comes on Facebook every and YouTube every Sunday morning at 8, 8 a.m. Eastern mm -hmm. for hashtag O'Malley Taught Me because he addresses these questions. And also his book, Vanguard, um, you can order that through uh, Burning Spear Media, um, Burning, what is Burning it, BurningSphere.com, I think it's TheBurningSphere.com. And uh, you just really have to see that. But that's a very important question because Chairman O'Malley Shatella has defined the world struggle. And he has said that 
the class question in the entire world mm -hmm. is contained in the colonial contradiction. In mm -hmm. other words, the true working class of the world is the colonized working class, the African working class, the indigenous working class. There are white working people, but we are not a working class because we all sit on the pedestal of the oppression of African people. And the same process created the working class, the white working class, as the white ruling class, mm -hmm. which is the assault on Africa, mm -hmm. the enslavement of African people. That's what took Europe out of feudalism mm -hmm. and created capitalism. And so this is why, and I think that is really, really, really helpful to me because as a white person, I've always seen how even, and sometimes the most rabid, vicious, Mm -hmm. um, white nationalist white people are poor white people. Right. Yeah. Because why would that be? Why would poor white people, uh, you know, burn down Tulsa, Oklahoma? Right. Rosewood. Um, uh, you know, yeah. where African people had resources and power. That's not who oppresses them. We never fought, the poor white people never fought the ruling class. They tortured and lynched African people mm -hmm. because the struggle has been to get more of the a greater share of the stolen loot of African people and the power of colonialism mm -hmm. to climb up the ladder of success. And so therefore, you know, this is, this is really true. And you're like, wow, that is so right. Yeah. The real colonist colonized, the real working class of the world is in the colonies. Mm -hmm. Right. That is who created the wealth of imperialism. And when African people, African workers have power over the means of production in their own liberated Africa, that will be true socialism mm -hmm. right. on this planet. Mm -hmm. And I, I unite with that. And it's, I do too. it's a lot of clarity. Yeah. And I, I think agree. that, you know, I really appreciate it. Yeah, that's, that's great. I, I really appreciate that as well. And uh, I would just, you know, also add that um, one way to think about, like, the way Chairman Amali Shatel explains, like, the question about where do white workers fit in the mm -hmm. structure of, like, basically of capitalism, like where do they fit into that? And without like without African internationalism, you might look at the world possibly through a Marxist lens or something and assume that the world is divided into workers and the bosses and the mm -hmm. capitalists. So the, the right. working class mm -hmm. is like all the workers of the world. That's how Marx talked about it. But as Chairman Amali Shetela has explained, actually the world is not divided into workers and bosses. The world is divided into oppressor nation and, and oppressed oppress nations. Right. Yes. And the white working class is part of the oppressor nation. Mm -hmm. So there, as the chairman said this past weekend, there is really no white working class. Mm -hmm. you and, know? and that's so yeah. that's so much borne out in, in uh, U.S. history, right? yeah. especially here in, in North America on this continent. Um, and I've, I've heard Chairman O'Malley, I should tell a talk about it this way, that, that we as white people, as the, the average, you know, working or working class or whatever you want to call yourself, a uh, white person, uh, was the first paramilitary apparatus. Yeah. Right? Just white people in general. We didn't have to get a memo, as you right. pointed out so often, uh, mm -hmm. Chairwoman Penny. It, it was white people. It was in our material interests, in our opportunistic short-term interests, mm -hmm. to go out and seize this land violently from the indigenous people mm -hmm. and to be the first uh, police, essentially. That's, right. the, that's what the militia was. It was... It was any white man between the ages of like 18 and 50 was supposed to go out and patrol the slave quarters and put down anything that looked like African people trying to become free. Mm -hmm. that, that was our role, and we 
embraced it enthusiastically. We embraced it so enthusiastically that our over-enthusiasm for genocide was a large factor in the whole conflict with the British Empire because it was making things untenable for the British to continue to gobble up the planet when uh, U.S. white people, right, uh, the former British uh, Empire citizens or whatever we called ourselves at that time, were feverishly taking up more and more land at the expense of the indigenous. So that's that's another reason why we are not the whole working class. We are a colonizer nation, and we can right. overturn that. We we have about three minutes left. Just so wow. you know, wow. this this, <laughs> this flew yeah, by. This flew by. Yeah, Some it really more, it's um, great. Nasir says I appreciate your replies. So it's really appreciate you. Great discussion. Kristen is tuning in from Spokane, Washington. Kristen, says, I love this show so much, and I'm so happy it's back on the air. Salute yeah. to the African People's <laughs> Social Party and African People's Solidarity Committee. We're back, and, uh, and we're not going away this time. Yeah. We're going to stay on the air. tuning in from New Brunswick, New Jersey. Uh, Virginia mm-hmm. tuning in. She was here this weekend. Yeah, yeah she was here. Um, and then there was that other question earlier. Should I? Do we have time to get to that? Or what was the question? I we think, have like a couple minutes. I think we can, you know, save it for next time. But save yeah. it for next time. I really appreciate this yeah. discussion. It's really exciting. Tell really your friends about this show because we want more people viewing next week. And we we're gonna build it into the program actually to take questions. We didn't yeah. even we didn't yeah. even have that on here. But we're, we're gonna and, yeah. and next week we're gonna uh, come through on uh, the question of reparations on the front lines, reparations from the colonial prison industry. Yeah. We're gonna we know you've been waiting for us to get to that. Of that. So if, if yes. there's any question that reparations are due, we will disabuse you of any notions that they right. aren't uh, with that <laughs> okay. episode. So yes, we're we will close out the show. We have a quick announcement to remind everyone that the Uhur Solidarity Movement's convention. That's the Uhur Solidarity Movement convention, April 18th to 19th. Jesse, can you give us any details about that? Well, the convention is called Reparations <laughs> Uprising, <laughs> and it's happening in St. Louis, Missouri, April 18th and 19th. You can register at USM Convention 2020.eventbrite.com. And Chairman Penny Hess will be a speaker at that convention. Chairman Omalia Jatella will be a speaker at that convention. And it's going to be phenomenal. It's going to be in the Uhuru House, in Aquaba Hall, in the heart of the Black Power Blueprint project in St. Louis. So you don't want to miss it. It's going to be an incredible experience and launch us into a whole new era of struggle and resistance and reparations. Wow. That sounds incredibly exciting. Don't miss that. April 18th to 19th, uh, 2020. And we want to encourage everyone to come back and uh, listen to Reparations in Action next week. Same reparations time, same reparations place (laughs) at uh, 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. Or you can tune in at uhurusolidarity.podbean.com. Soon to be on, or is on Spotify now. Soon to be on iTunes and streaming on Facebook as well. Please share uh, this widely and join the Uhuru Solidarity. Movement. Yes. You can go to uhurusolidarity.org. That's U H U R U solidarity.org. Find a level that works for you. Get in where you fit in. Become part of the solution by uniting with reparations. We are building unity with our people and with the world by uh, saying unity through reparations. reparations. This has been Reparations in Action. I want to thank Chairwoman Penny Hess. I want to thank Hallie Murray, Renee Nassar. I want to thank Jesse Neville, my co-host, and our amazing engineer, Amanda Carlosi, and all of you for listening and salute the African People's Socialist Party and Black Power 96.3. This has been Jamie Simpson on Reparations in Action. Uhuru. Uhuru.